Welcome to the Leeds Edutainment Podcast, featuring in-depth interviews with people in hip-hop culture, based out of New England. Talk about One for All, real quick. We're going to talk about the 30th anniversary of, of In God We Trust. We're going to talk about One for All. Talk about linking up and creating One for All first. Uh, well, basically, One for All was created... Uh... You know, basically out of Poobah was producing me and Jamal. We were all solo artists. You know, we go to the studio, everybody get their time to do what they was doing. He already had inroads to record companies and stuff through um, Masters of Ceremony and through Dante Ross, you know. So basically we came together and did that. It wasn't no story of like a hard scrabble story of like being a group for like a number of years and struggling and knocking on doors and getting turned away. It wasn't nothing like that, you know, um, Basically, we did a couple of songs that sounded good. Pooba took it downtown, and within about six months or so, we had a deal. So the album comes out. It's a classic, right? Pooba goes solo. You guys have to now make another album. Was there a lot of pressure on you guys to making God We Trust and how it would sound out? Sound well, no, we knew you, you knew it had to be stand up, you know. But that was the confidence in my in ourselves. I was like, yeah, well. You know, I'm here now, so I'm, you know, it wasn't like I went into the album scared or anything or anything like that. Nah, I just knew that I had to keep on the path that I was supposed to be on. And and, and that's what we did. And so you make Punk's Jump Up the Beat Down. It's a huge hit. You get, you catch a lot of controversy from it being your, being so-called homophobic remarks. Talk to me about dealing with that at that time. Well, you know, it wasn't really made for, you know, homophobics. You know, I mean, like, when, when we were saying the word freak the flock, flow, fuck up a faggot, that was basically talking about somebody soft. You understand? Somebody right. that was that was a half man, less than a man. That could be good, a, a, a homosexual or it could be somebody that's just soft. You know what I'm right. saying? It wasn't it wasn't a specific target I gave people at the time. I probably didn't know but a handful of gay people. So, you know, it wasn't no knock on them. Um, I guess they took it some type of way, being that they probably was ridiculed by that word for so long. But uh, it was never done with that intent. I think you were you weren't the only MC group doing saying that at the time, and that went on for a long time until it became yeah. Until you start getting canceled and vilified for it, you know, and uh, the rise of them came to power and you know, Hollywood and entertainment, where if you didn't adhere, then then you get shut down. So you have to kind of conform in a way, you know, and especially now with the cancel culture, good God, you say anything against them and boy, you're going to get shut down. I mean, shoot. Nowadays, it's tight being a heterosexual. It's like, damn, be like, I can't even say nothing. I put up a heterosexual post one time and people said it was anti-gay because I put up a heterosexual post. Even like rap dudes, I think Questlove has said something about it. I'm like, man, knock it off, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't be kidding my life with that bullshit word. Right. Mm-hmm. right, right. So 30 years, looking back on it, what was some of the highlights of making In God We Trust, if you look back on it? Um, some of the highlights was, you know, just being down in the basement, um, putting the putting the stuff together, uh, putting the beats together, you know, putting um, you know, um, samples and you know just just getting the whole function going who was producing on that lord lord jamar diamond d who were you um on 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 god we trust yeah yeah we all did you know and before what i said that wasn't no knock at quest love anyway because that quest (laughs) is my man i was just saying when i said get off my line it was other dudes you know like but um you know like um it was diamond did a did, did some joints you know uh we did a lot of the production on that. Like I said, we had got some equipment. We was in the in the basement 
And uh, we just was recording and, and and just spending like days down there, just just writing and recording. That's dope. What they, you know, they, a lot of people label this a militant 5% album. You know, I know you don't like labels. Talk to me about what it means to be 5%. And- well, you know, 5% men is people that know true 5%. Um, you know, started by the father, Clarence 13X, you know, and um, he gave the knowledge to the first nine for the first nine born sons. And uh, basically, you know, he was he was part of the, the, the Muslims, you know, um, he left them, you know, because, uh, you know, the Muslims was taking the element from the streets and from the jails, but it was still an even deeper element then. It was like brothers in the street that they needed, like the soldiers that was gambling, smoking, but still had, you know, needed that, them soldiers and, and needed them to know them true selves. And that's who he went and got, the ones that the that the black so-called Muslim, they didn't want to go get them. So he went and got them and taught them the truth. Right. So you finished this album. What happens next? After that album, then, you know, we we, we we toured on that. Then I came back and I said, I'm going to do this Wild Cowboys thing. That was my Bronx family album, you know. That's when I was living and moved back to the Bronx, you know. So uh, basically that was, you know, I had a lot of Bronx dudes on there. Buck Wild, uh, uh, Father Time, Minnesota. Uh, who else was on? Money Boss was on there. Diamond, you know, my OG, Sean Black, you know, that was just, you know, just just going into that era, I was on loud records. Yeah, why'd you call it wild wild cowboys? You were kind of ahead of your time with that one, because if you, I feel like if you called it that now with all the country western country, yeah, old yeah, western well, stuff, know, it'd it was, be a it lot was bigger. Just like a play on words, and if you Google wild cowboys, that was a you know a a, a famous crew that was you know from from Manhattan, from uptown, from the hundred fifty seventh Street around there in the fifties blocks. And I was around there a lot. You know, my grandmother lived over there. So it just was a play on from that. Right. So then Foundation comes, right? Mm-hmm. What was that like get, going solo without Pooba, then coming back, getting the whole group together? What that point would that feel like? Uh, well, when we, when we did that, you know, that was definitely like getting back on, riding the bike. Once you learn how to ride a bike, you never forget. You know, you just get back on and keep riding. Got the beats together, you know, different concepts. Uh, and just laid it down, kept on moving with it. This album had more producers on it, though, I feel like, right? Yeah, like, it had a couple had more... more producers. Chris Leggio did some joints, and we did some joints. A couple of people was on there, you know, so uh, uh, Common was on the joint, you know what I'm saying, with Pooba. So, you know, it was, it was just basically late 90s. I think that was 97, 98, around that time. So, you know, just, just moving along with the time. So you said earlier that One For All, you guys were all solo artists, kind of working together, and the album kind of came together solo joints, group joints. When you did Foundation, was it the same approach or was it like, we're going to record this as a group this time? Uh, basically the same approach. You know, we 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 was in the studio all together. It wasn't like one person recorded here, like one person recorded there. We recorded all at the same time. You know, we was in the lab um, and got it all laid down. So it was basically, you know, just like the first process, but a little more updated. Right. After this, uh, this is actually, I, I, well, I'm a promoter first in shows. I actually meet you guys later on the Fire in the, uh, Fire in the Hole tour you guys did with Brother yeah. Ali. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. So that's what I, I became a promoter. That was like the third show I booked, and you guys did that show. Um, All right. That's and what's then up. We did, and then we did another show. I don't know if you remember when you were touring with Zion and I. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Definitely with Zion and I. No question. So I, 
So that show at Zion High, you you uh, you had you got in some trouble on that right before that tour, and you were on the mic saying, "I you know I might be going away for a while." They're trying to lock me down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That oh, was. Can we talk the, about that? Can we talk about what happened? Yeah, yeah. That was. I forgot exactly <laughs> the situation. I know I had some police contact though. Um, I think you. Got, I think you had to go take a little trip. I yeah, think, that right was with the gun. That. I think I got. That was when I when, when I yeah. had got into that shit uptown with the gun. Yeah, you know you somebody had that? ratted on me or whatever. <laughs> Could you talk I had about to that? Sit down for a minute. You know, it wasn't it wasn't the greatest. You know what I'm saying? Um, Rikers Island. You know, like I said, uh, it, you know, I, I don't see like when when these kids talk about uh, you know jail and this and that. To me, it was whack. You know, I ain't have no problems in there. But if you like going somewhere and somebody telling you what to do or going to bed at a certain time, getting up doing some bullshit, seeing that somebody get their head knocked in every day, hey, Rikers Island is the place for you. <laughs> oh, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this is jail where you became a wine fan? Not really. No, nah, I was like, you know, that was when I came home, you know, messing with my man Will Tell, recording, okay. you know, just drinking Hennessy. Um, one day we, we we didn't have no more Hennessy. Nobody felt like going to the store. It was snowing that day. So we drank some wine. Will, for some reason, recorded us drinking the wine and start playing it, you know, people start liking it. So we start <laughs> buying wine and doing it. Then somebody said, if y'all want to do your own wine, holler at me. We went and hollered at him. We went to the, uh, actually to the vineyards, learned the nuances of wine and wine making. Uh, really got deep into it. Will, he became an actual sommelier working in the wine industry. So um, that's basically how that came by chance and timing. For some reason, I thought I remember you making a post about making jail wine. Oh, well, we did make wine in jail, but that was hooch. You know, that wasn't even wine. That was just straight alcohol, like like mind buster. Like, I, I wouldn't advise too much of that. That shit was extra strong. My Spanish dudes, they made that, you know, they, and everybody couldn't get none of that. Like, you had to be on real on the inside to get some of that. Like, that wasn't, everybody wasn't privileged to get the hooch. You know what I'm saying? You had to be on the inside to get some of that. How do you make hooch in jail? Yo, they did something, man, where they had, you know, they saved all the fruits and, and the sugars. Oh, and, yeah. and, you know, like one of the toilets in the back was cleaned out and and you couldn't use that toilet because that was the storing toilet. And, you know, they let that <laughs> shit ferment. And somehow, yo, it, it, it became we drank it Christmas Eve and, and wrecked the house. And they came and wrecked and the, they came and had the search team come and they came in about two o'clock in the morning and wrecked the house. We had to clean it back up. About five o'clock, they came and did the exact thing again. So, like, if you like <laughs> shit like that, like Rikers Island was the place. <laughs> again, not for me. <laughs> I hear you. Um, so yeah, so solo. Now that you're solo, you're, you're I, 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 I admire you because you're a working man MC. What I mean like that is you're still rapping, but you still have another job. You got multiple sources of revenue. What's that like these days in these times? Because I see you talking that, about man. It. Like, especially like as an older artist like myself, you know, like right. a lot of these older artists, I mean, they telling you what they're doing, but you know, I know, I know, yeah. you understand? <laughs> but you know, I ain't going to expose nobody, but don't front for me. Um, but uh, <laughs> you know, generally it ain't like the young, like these young boys, they come and sign these, these contracts and they, Hey, it, it, it just so happened that it was a time. I can't be bitter about it. Like a lot of the older artists, they kind of bitter. I'm like, listen, you want to be bitter, bitter, be bitter at your mother and father for having you 30 years too soon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> be bitter at them. Don't be bitter at these young boys because if I was one of these young boys, I'm going to be doing the damn the same thing. And, you know, respect comes both ways. Like 
You got to respect these young boys too. If they respect you, like if you're old dude and you rhyming and you sound trash, you don't need to be rhyming. You just ain't going to get respect on respect, man. This is the real world, man. Nobody want to hear that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like if you ain't up to par, just, just stay in the background. <laughs> mm. You're very vocal about your, I see, you know, I see your Instagram. You talk about a lot of stuff. You don't just talk about music. There's a yeah. lot to you. There's a lot of layers. I've also seen that you've gotten trouble and kicked off Instagram a few times. You're back, yeah. you're off, you're back, you're off. What do you what what is getting you kicked off? What do you I, I don't know because I'm I'm looking at other people do posts and like I got I got kicked off for reach for reposting what somebody else posted and they they kicked me off but then kicked the dude, person who had the original post off. I'm like, damn. What was the post? What was the post? I forgot what it was, but it was and it wasn't even that bad of a post. I had done much worse stuff and said much worse stuff. But for some reason, man, like, I don't know, like once you like the community, like it's that community, man. I don't know who's the community. <laughs> I, I I offer to sit down with the community because I said, obviously, your community and my community, we not the same community. You understand? Somehow we got to disconnect. And I just would like to see who's the chair of your community. Like, 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 why is what you say the rules, you know, like. You, you say it's offensive. My community says it's not offensive. Now what? Now we, we at an impasse now. But being that they're the controlling power, they keep zapping me, zapping me. Like I was up, I had 175,000 followers. Now like I got like 4,000, you know? So, you know, if and, 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 and frankly, if I didn't have to do use Instagram for like this music and stuff like that, I would shut the whole shit down because I don't really <laughs> like it anyway. I just, you know, use it for that basically, but like it's it's some real cornball. Like it started off good, but now it turned into some cornball. The community, yeah, the community seems Whoever like yeah, community. the community, the the man, the system. Yeah, <laughs> Brandon Newby and you have been fighting, mm-hmm. fighting this that, every this... like. Sometimes I'll make a post and I'll get a message in, from the community, be like, "Yo, you getting close?" <laughs> I'm like, "Damn, here like, we calm go." Calm it down. Yep. Calm it down. So exactly. Now, you know, it's getting a little crazy, right? Now. <laughs> exactly. Hmm. That's some funny shit. Word. Yeah. Well, Sadat, man, I really, oh, real quick, we mentioned yeah. it. Uh, uh, Dave Trugoy, the De La Soul, you know, the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, 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 um, yeah, that was bad, man. It's like, I didn't realize he was sick like that. Like, you know, like I seen something where he said he had to wear a life vest, like in case something happened to his heart, it could, it could shock it back into, into, into place, man. And like, I didn't know that. That's why, man, I, I tell a lot of my people, a lot of older people, like a lot of my friends were old rap, like do some type of exercise. Like I try to get in there at least four to five days a week, man, and just yeah, do something. Could. Even if you're getting in in 20, 25 minutes and just move your body around, you know, something to keep you active. That's why I'm I'm glad the job I got keeps me on my feet. It ain't no chairs in the part where I work at. So you on your feet for literally seven, eight hours a day. I usually play my newest album in there, The Science of Life. I put that on there and let people hear that. And, you know, I, I, I hey, man, I, I try to stay active. What do you do for work? Because I feel like you're in a hospital when I see you. I am in a hospital. I'm a, I'm a, um, I'm a sterile process, processing technician. And like I tell people, I just stumbled on to this. Like, I went to school for this. You know what I'm saying? Right. I went to school for six months for this and studied and studied two big, thick books, man. So, you know, I had to study for that and get certified. So that means... I could work in, in Duke Raleigh Hospital that I work into. I can come into New York and work in Mount Sinai. I can go everywhere. And, and see, the reason why I did that is because, you know, to build up some type of pension. You understand? Right. Some type of, you know, in five years at this job, I'll be vested. That'll be my first pension, you know, and then I can continue higher up from there. I'm already at three and a half. 
Why wouldn't I stay and get the five years pension? That's just going to add on to that Social Security, because at some point you're going to need these means to survive. You know, like some of these rappers, I don't know what they're going to be doing. I mean, hopefully we can continue and it is no boundaries, but you're going to still need a fallback at some point. You're going to need. And, and even if you don't, it's always good to have extra streams of income. Yeah, man, you're, you've been on top of that with this. And as so many rappers just, you like you said, have no retirement plan, no nothing, no other plan. Just yeah, health insurance, yeah. health insurance. You know what I'm saying? That's a big thing. Mm-hmm. But it also lets you balance and, and record how you want to record, too, because you're not depending strictly on music. You, dep- you yeah. got, That's more like a side hustle at this point. Exactly. And actually, since I have moved down to North Carolina and started working, I've done more recording while working than I was doing while not working. You understand? Because now I know that it's a priority that when I do record, it's it's got to be done for this period. So it ain't no lackadaisical time. Like when I know when I got to record, I got to record. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So it, 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 it falls into my schedule. You know, when I was in New York, a lot of times I was bullshit, man. You know, drinking all day, running around, not doing <laughs> nothing. This this definitely, you know, pulled your string. The pandemic, you either came out better or worse from the pandemic. And, and I Feel believe that. I came out better. Why North Carolina? Well, my people's is from North Carolina. You know, I got a house in North Carolina. You oh, know, boy. so, you know, I'm down here, set up the roots, and, uh, you know, it's been good. I miss New York, you understand? But I, I go back and forth to New York. It ain't going nowhere. You know, I, I, I'm i sure. definitely, you know, I go back and forth. You know, in fact, sometimes it's getting worse. The only thing North Carolina don't got that New York got is you can smoke weed in the street. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sure, New that's York, coming. Yeah, yeah, sure it's got to be coming because New York <laughs> is coming. wide open right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Sada, I appreciate your time. I know you're busy. You got to get to the studio. But uh, anything you want to plug or anything at the end here? Yeah, well, you know, I just want you all to check out um, the Science of Life album. Go to my page, Sadat underscore Dottie underscore Science of Life. It's the new album. I got a couple of videos out. Tomorrow on Valentine's Day, I'm 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 premiering another video, Halal. And um, basically, you'll see I'm still moving. And, you know, I'm still doing features. You know what I'm saying? I'm in the lab two to three times a week. You want to holler at me on, on the gram or... Or on, on or Twitter or whatever, Facebook, holler at me, and it's me actually working the page, and I'm still here. And I could verify that because we've done verses from him. He's quick, he's fast, he gets it to you. No question. Efficient. So salute to you, brother. Thank Likewise, you. brother. I'll check you out. We'll get we'll get together soon. All right, let's do that. Later. All Peace. right. Later.